It's the Sports Talk live from Merrimack Radio, WMCK, with your host, Harrison Chase. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack's radio station, WMCK. If you have a take or comment about anything going on in today's world, in today's sports world, rather, uh, feel free to dial in, 978-701-5063. Let's start right off with the madness of March. If you ask me, I think there is a lot of madness for everyone that did a bracket because there are officially no more perfect brackets. Uh, lots of upsets happening. We'll go through them right here. Uh, starting on Friday, or- Oral Roberts, the number 15 seed, took down Ohio State, the number 2 seed, 75-72. to 72. Then they took down number 7 seed Florida, 81-78 to 78 in the round of 32. And we'll be moving on to the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, Not as big as an upset, but then number nine seed, Wisconsin, took down number eight seed, North Carolina, blowing them out 85 to 62. Then 11 seed, UCLA, took down six seed, BYU, 73 to 62. And another uh, upset was 14 seed, uh, Bill Christian, taking down number three seed, Texas, 53 to 52. And then uh, 14 seed, Alvo Christian and 11 seed UCLA will now be facing off against each other uh, right now as we speak, actually. Uh, and then an upset in the round of uh, 32 was the famous 8 seed Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean taking down the number one seed Illinois 71-58. to 58. They will play 12 seed Oregon State in the Sweet 16, who also upset number five Tennessee and then number four, Oklahoma State. They will now play Arkansas in Arkansas in the Sweet 16. Uh, the other seven seed, Oregon, uh, just took down number two seed, Iowa, 95 to 80, to move on to the Sweet 16. Lastly, 11 seed, Syracuse, took down number six seed, San Diego uh, State, and then took down number three seed, West Virginia, in the round of 32. Moving on to the Sweet 16, and we'll play against the number two seed, Houston. Uh, Moving on to the NFL, last week the Patriots made lots of moves on Monday, signing tight end Jonu Smith, outside linebacker Matt Judon, wide receiver Nelson uh, Aguilar, uh, and tight end Hunter Henry. Uh, So lots of moves from from the Patriots getting aggressive there. also happening around the NFL is the Deshaun Watson uh, sexual assault scandal. He has now 12 uh, sexual assault cases filed against him as of today. Uh, however, I am told that there are six, <coughs> excuse me, six active teams closely monitoring the situation because they are interested in signing him. Uh, those six teams are the 49ers, Eagles, Panthers, Jets, Miami, and Denver. Moving on to some Red Sox news. Uh, LeBron James has become a part owner uh, in the team, which is quite weird if you ask me. Uh, and just a, another side note on him, he is injured. So uh, L.A. has him and uh, Anthony Davis out uh, due to injury. So uh, I don't know how that may uh, may affect may affect the team. Uh, as far as the Celtics are concerned, they're not doing that hot. They've lost their last 
four out of six games. However, got a win yesterday against the Magic and will play the Grizzlies tonight at 9 p.m. And then they'll have uh, two games against the Bucks Wednesday and Friday and then play the Thunder on Saturday. So another busy week for the Celtics, and hopefully it will be better than last week's performance that they put on. They're currently in sixth place of the conference, sitting at 521 and 21. The Bruins have hit a halt in play after COVID-19 protocols postponed their last two games and will hopefully be able to get back on the ice Thursday against the Islanders. Merrimack Softball improved their record to 4-6 and six after splitting their series with Wagner over the weekend 2-2. Two and two. They will play a doubleheader Wednesday against UMass Lowell and then a four-game series, which, which, which will consist of a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday against Sacred Hearts. John from Butter Bang, what's going on? What's up, Harrison? How are you, buddy? Doing good. So I had an interesting day yesterday I'd like to share with you. I, uh, All right. I, I purchased, purchased a race horse. Nice. And I went to Gulfstream. And um, I had a little table set up. Kind of felt a little like a big shot, you know. It was kind of <laughs> it was an interesting experience. So, yeah. Um, the horse is in the eighth race. He opened up a twenty to one. He wound up going off at like eleven to one. TVG, I actually picked him to win the race. Wow! Somebody on TVG did. And um, yeah, the horse is probably still running down ninety five right now. Probably going maybe right past Merriman College. Wow. Uh, he raced good. He got boxed in at the end. Um, it was an excellent experience. We're going to get him out and run him again real soon, I think. But Nice. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I think he's going to go to Woodbine, which that's in Toronto. So Okay. Because they stopped running in Florida. I think it's too hot here to run. Right. So he's either going to go to Woodbine or Tampa, Tampa Downs. I think Woodbine, because I think the purses in Woodbine are a little bit bigger. That, I don't know. My train is going to figure all of that out. Yeah. Um, that's just a sidebar, but I'd like to talk about the Patriots and all these moves they're making. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I like a lot of the moves. I think that, you know, he's spending money. Um, is he spending too much? I don't know. Does it really matter? He's no. got a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know he got a down lineman. He got a couple of those receivers. These two, that kid from, um, uh, I forget his name, the kid that's coming over from, is it Baltimore? Um, the tight end. He's kind of like a hybrid. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, John New Smith. Yes. Is is that who it is? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like him. I like that. I also. A quick side note: I, when the Patriots played the Chargers, I saw Bill Belichick beeline it for um for the uh, Hunter Henry. And I said to my nephew, well, I wa- when I signed him, I said, I watched I watched Belichick beeline it for that kid at the end of the game. And uh, he actually pulled up a picture, and they showed Belichick, like, hugging him, talking to him. I go, right then I knew, I go, that Belichick loves that guy. He's definitely going to try to get him, and they wound up signing him. Because he's really smart like that. At the end of the game, if he likes a player, he'll go find a player out, and he'll talk to him because, you know, I mean, that's probably pretty humbling for a player to have Bill Belichick actually come up and personally talk to you and say, no, probably says, you know, I love your game. You played great. You know, no, not that tampering or anything, but. I'm no, it's, sure that's that, big. That's, that's big. You know, you have a, you have a well-recognized coach around the, you know, around the NFL come up to you after a game, somebody who doesn't like to talk and socialize after games, period. 
and he comes yeah. up to you. That's a big deal. It is a big deal, and I think that, you know, when it comes to signing him, they probably remember that, and, they, you know, they, they want to play for the guy. They probably, honestly, they probably leave the field and say, I want to play for that guy someday. Because, I mean, he's a legend. He's I mean, he's got to go down as the best coach in history, in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, whether he, he did it with Tom Brady or not, it, you know, it's kind of a moot point. They won, and that's all that matters. Right. Um, they won all the, the Super Bowls, and that's kind of all that matters. Um, you know, you, you could argue, you know, they could have won more, but, yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter at, that, at this point. They won six in how many years? Um, so I like all the moves. I, I still, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know what they're thinking with this Cam Newton. I just don't think he's a winner. I yeah. Mean, he, fum he fumbles at the end of the games. He throws bad picks. I, I just don't know if he's got that win in him. And, you know, you kind of have to, you have to, you have to have somebody who, who knows how to win. And, you know, you can be the hottest worker in the world. You know, if, if you're a pitcher and, and you could be the, the, the hottest worker in the world, if you can't throw strikes and hit the corners, you know, you, you, you're not, you're not going to win games. I don't know. Just some people have it and some people don't. And I, I'm curious to see if there's another move to bring another quarterback in, maybe even to, to compete for the job with him. Um, they're talking about this guy from Ohio State. Eh, I don't know. I'm not too crazy about that. But, um, but the by the way, uh, Matt Judon is from Baltimore. He's yes, a, a linebacker. Oh, Baltimore. Yes. Who was, who was the other guy, the tight end that they— Hunter Henry. Up? And they picked up another guy, too. He was like a hybrid. Um, That was—it it wasn't— um, and it's not Hunter Henry, because I know that. It was another kid. Uh, I he was from Baltimore, too. Uh, not that not that I know of. Okay. I might be... All right. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, no big deal. I know, I know they picked up a hybrid tight end. I just can't... I can't think of his name off, off, off the end. I, is, it, um, is it Smith? Smith. Could be. Yeah. I should have been more... John New Smith. John New Smith. Yes, I think that's the guy. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the guy. Um, so just to getting back to Cam Newton, who who knows what's going to happen with that? We'll see. Um, I, I hope they bring someone in to compete and and uh, you know maybe push them. And there's, there's nothing better than competition at a at a at a uh, position to get people fired up and to get them co to compete at their top level. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so I'm done. Have a good have a good show. I'll be listening and uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, John. Thanks, Mike. All right, so John from Bada Bing, and as always, go down to uh, Bada Bing in Methuen Square and uh, get some uh, get some pizza, get the Harry Special Buffalo Tenders, Mott Sticks, Buffalo Chicken Dip. It's great. You're not going to go wrong. You're not going to go wrong. He has uh, he has great food uh, down there at Bada Bing. Um, and just uh, quickly finishing up with Merrimack here. Uh, baseball team's not doing too good. Uh, Bryant steamrolled over them this weekend, uh, and also they won the series 3-0, but they also they almost shut them out uh, runs wise. They scored 42 runs. Merrimack scored only one. So tough weekend for them. Uh, anyways, they'll they'll play their uh, their their next game against uh, Boston College on Wednesday, uh, which will be another tough game. Uh, and then we'll be back home uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against Long Island University. 
Uh, and then just touching real quick on uh, Merrimack football, they lost their second game uh, this weekend against Sacred Hearts, uh, Sacred Heart 26 to 9. And they will also play uh, Long Island University this weekend as well, uh, but in Long Island. Uh, so just going back to this whole uh, NCAA and uh, in, in the bracket uh, scenario, it's all over the place, let me tell you. It's all over the place. And just to update you, uh, Gonzaga uh, just won against against Oklahoma, um, which was, you know, I... I you know, I'd say it's expected, but I mean, eh, I don't really know uh, after after everything we've seen happen. Um, but upcoming games, uh, you know, tonight uh, Creighton's going to play Ohio at six ten. Uh, USC against Kansas at nine uh, forty, uh, and then you have uh, Michigan and LSU, uh, Colorado and Florida State, UCLA and a uh, Bill Christian which is really playing, that's going to tip off in a minute at 5.15. And then Maryland versus Alabama at 8.45, which Alabama should have no problem with that, saying they're the two seed and Maryland's the 10. Uh, but everything else, well, then again, besides the Michigan-LSU, Michigan's one, LSU is eight. But uh, UCLA, a Bill Christian, they're 11, you know, 11 seed versus the 14 seed. Uh, and then Colorado versus Florida State. Colorado's the fifth seed versus Florida State, which is the fourth seed. So that should be... You know that should be another good, another good game. Um, or two, two good games. Um, two good games rather. Uh, but everything else, I mean, you know, USC and Kansas three versus six. That sh- that should be good. Um, and you know, Korean against Ohio. I don't know. You know, five seed versus the thirteen seed. You know, we'll see what happens. Um. And basically, the winner of that will go on uh, to play Gonzaga, and then the winner of the USC Kansas game will go on and play uh, Oregon. And it's shaped up in the Sweet 16 that uh, Baylor and uh, Villanova will uh, play each other. Let me go to uh, Cedric and Andover. Cedric, what's going on? Harry, how are we doing? How's the show? It's going good. Listen, Harry, I'm here to talk to you about the Celtics. The Celtics, all right. More importantly than the Celtics, the terrible Celtics fans that are trying to give up on the team, give up on Danny Ainge, and give up on Brad Stevens after a 41-game stretch here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're 500 right now. Are you satisfied with that? Harry, Harry, you're missing the bigger picture. Rookie Jason Tatum and second-year Jalen Brown we're one game away from the NBA Finals. Jay-Z dunked on LeBron's head with four minutes left to go to go to the NBA Finals. And now, three years later, because of a bad 41-game stretch, we want to blow up the team, fire Brad Stevens, fire Danny Ainge. These Fairweather fans can't handle a little bit of adversity, Harry, and it's just absurd to me. You look at, look at how the other teams that went as deep as us in the bubble were faring because it was a historically short offseason, the Celtics came out a little tired. So did the Heat. They were under 500 for a really long time. So did the Nuggets. Their fans are all mad because they're being disappointed. And it eventually caught up with the Lakers now that Anthony Davis and LeBron are out for a long time. These teams are tired because of the bubble and because of the short offseason. And yet, because the Celtics lose 20 games at the beginning of the season, we want to fire 
a top five GM in the NBA and a top five head coach. Come on, Harry. <laughs> um, all right. So so let me ask you this. They're at five hundred right now. They're they're number six in the in, in the Eastern Conference. Oh, they're one game under five hundred, twenty and twenty one. Okay, they have them at twenty one and twenty one on uh Oh, you know what? I missed the game last night. Okay. Twenty one and twenty one. You're right, Harry. Okay. I shouldn't have doubted you. <laughs> um so anyways, can can you see them improving? Do you think do you think they're gonna um you know make a move to to you know the top three or something like that you know coming up? Listen, the top the four through eight seed in the East is separated by one game, so that's not gonna be a problem, right? We've got Jason Tatum who's an All Star, we've got Jalen Brown who's an All Star, and both of them are borderline superstars. Kemba is still coming off his injury. He's not 100%. He's not playing back-to-backs. He's got whatever issue because that the Nick Nurse played him too many minutes in the All-Star game when he wasn't supposed to. And then he's had the knee injury that's just hurt the Celtics ever since. He's coming back. Smart was hurt for a long time. Now he's just getting back in the group of things. That's our four best players. Those That is the top four that is as good as anybody in the league. So when Kemba's finally healthy and back into his groove of things, when Marcus Smart's fully healthy, and then you got Jalen Brown, who's becoming a superstar, and Jason Tatum, who's becoming a superstar, plus we got Rob Williams, who's getting more minutes and playing amazing, Daniel Tice, who for some reason Celtics fans hate, even though he's one of the best three-point shooting centers in the NBA, and he can guard one through five pretty well. Then you've got Sammy Ogilvy, who again, for some reason, Celtics fans hate, even though he can guard anyone in the NBA. He's like the only person on the Celtics strong enough to cover Giannis. So we need him to be good to beat the Bucks. Well, that's going to be a good series. We're playing them twice, Wednesday, Friday. So that's going to be big. Yeah, and that's when, you know, that's when hopefully these fair weather Celtics fans can see that Sammy Ogilvy is an important member of the team because he can actually bang around with Giannis when no one else has the muscle to do it. So. You say, and then we got Pritchard off the bench, who is looks like he's going to be a very good player in the NBA. I agree. So just, I agree. I watched him drain some threes. Uh, I think Friday night, and he was on a roll. You just look at this team, like, of course they're going to put it together. And then we got Brad Stevens, who three years ago people were saying, "Would you rather have Giannis or Brad Stevens?" Which was a dumb question, obviously, to be honest. But the fact that we were having this conversation, Brad Stevens, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Because with that 41 games, fair weather Celtics fans want to fire him. And it's just absurd to me, Harry. And then you got Danny Ainge, who has made more great trades than any other GM in the NBA. He's drafted. He's proven over and over again that he's a great drafter. Makes great free agent signings. A couple things just didn't go our way in the last few years. Obviously, Kyrie experiment didn't work out. Gordon Hayward snaps his ankle on his first ever play with us. I mean, are you kidding me? That's just bad luck. You can't blame that on Danny Ainge. He made the right move. And we want to fire them. The worst thing we could do is blow up the Celtics right now. I think the best example is you go look at the Thunder when they had Harden, Durant, and Russell Westbrook. And you go ask Sam Presti what his biggest regret is, is that he traded James Harden. You don't blow up a team like this when you have a, a young team that's this good. Yeah, no, I listen, I'm, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where they fall and if they can get get all their uh, you know, eggs in one bucket. All right, Harry, what do you think? Are you 
a fair weather fan that wants to fire them, or do you want to stand by the Celtics? No, listen. I think listen. I think I think Brad Stevens is the right coach. I think Danny Ainge is is the right GM. Um, you know, I think we. You know, I think we could use somebody bigger. I I don't think I should blow up. You know, I don't think we should blow up the whole team. I you know I think we have poten- You know, we obviously have potential in Tatum and Brown, uh, and Pritchard and and all those guys. You know, Kemba Walker. I you know I I hope he can come back from this. You know, from this knee injury. You know, um, you know Marcus Smart. He's great to have. He's great to have on defense, um, and he really, I think, lights the uh, lights the fire in that team. And he's good to have on the bench uh, to really light the fire. Yeah, he's a heart and soul. Just because what some people get mad because he shoots a bad shot, and misses a bad a three. We say he stinks. Are you kidding me, Harry? First of all, he shoots the three at a higher percentage than Kevin Durant does, and no one ever complains about Kevin Durant shooting a three. But it's just. It's because he used to be a bad three-point shooter. People just assume he is still one, even though he's probably, and it's absurd that he doesn't get this every year. He should be getting defensive player of the year votes every single year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, let me touch with you real quick on March Madness. What are your thoughts about what's going on? Um, what's going on? So, so many upsets. You know, no, 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 no bracket is perfect anymore. The thing is, Harry, is the Pac-12 gets no respect, and it's because they play late at night because they're over on the West Coast. But for the night owls like me who don't like to sleep, and that's the game that's on, that conference is awesome. You got UCLA and Mick Cronin and Johnny Juzang and Jean Haquez and Tiger Campbell. That is just a great team, okay? And Jalen Hans isn't even with them right now, and yet they're still winning tournament games. Ran through BYU. Made a great comeback against Michigan State. Everyone knew Mick Cronin was eventually going to have tournament success. His teams rebound better than anybody. Then you got USC with Andy Enfield from Florida Gulf Coast in Dunk City with Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley, who, I mean, Evan Mobley should be the number one overall pick. He was just a stud. And you think that team's not going to make a run? Then you've got Oregon. Chris Duarte, if Chris Duarte was on Villanova, would be talking about him as National Player of the Year, Harry. He's a stud. Colorado with McKinley Wright, who, again, is like a Cassius Winston kind of player from last year or two years ago where Cassius Winston was just a point guard that could put his team on his back. You got McKinley Wright. They're going to be Florida State tonight, I think. And then Oregon State's just – they are hot. They won the conference tournament. They're on a roll. They obviously just won the best conference in college basketball. But yet, even though all these teams are great, they're getting seeded 6, 7, 8, 9, 11 for USC, 12 for Oregon State. So, these upsets, they're not really upsets. They're the committee's fault. They misseeded these teams. And then you got the Big Ten, which was clearly overrated. You got Iowa went down, Illinois went down. Some people are now thinking Michigan's going to go down with Isaiah Livers out. So I don't think these are upsets as much as the committee just did a bad job this year. And then you look at a team like Loyola Chicago, who's the champs in the NBC. They were clearly better than an eight seed. They should have been a three or a four seed. And yet the committee, because they're a mid-major in the committee for some reason, just refuses to acknowledge that some years these mid-major at-large teams are better than the better than the high-major at-large teams. So you've got Loyola Chicago who is the best defense team in college basketball, is probably going to make the Final Four. And then you've got Illinois, who they're a good team, Illinois, but they have to 
it's not fair to a one seed. They have to play a team as good as Loyola Chicago in the second round. And I told Terry, I told everyone who would listen, Loyola Chicago is going to beat them. And, and they did. So I don't think that this is really upsets as much as it is. The seeding committee just did a bad job this year. All right, so give me your give me your final four, and then uh, who you think is going to win it all. Okay, final four I got. Gonzaga's going to win it all. It's not even a question. Okay. Gonzaga's the best college basketball team of all of our lifetimes. Okay. Unless you're like 30 years old, and you went back and saw some of those 90s Duke teams that I think could compete with them, this is the best college basketball team we've ever seen. I mean, you've got one through five, Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nemhart, every single one of these guys is really, really good. And it's been a long time coming for Gonzaga that they were eventually going to win one. They're going to get it this year. And then I've got Alabama in the southern region. I okay. think Michigan's a good team, but with Isaiah Livers out, they were only 6-6 six and six last year without Isaiah Livers. So I didn't really take them. Um, I think Colorado is a threat. I think they're going to be a four-state point. But I got Alabama. Alabama plays amazing defense they're the second best defense team in college basketball and they play uh fast-paced basketball so i think that with the amount of possessions they play i think that they will be able to outshoot and out defend whether it's michigan whether it's colorado i'm not sure who it'll be i think that alabama makes it then i got baylor baylor they shoot the ball better than anybody else in college basketball they haven't been as good since they had their covid pause but i think that no one else in that region really, I think, has the ability to take them out. But they, they're they the one I feel least confident about because that is a, they're a really good team, but a bad shooting night for them could beat them because that's how they kind of lost their undefeated. Remember, they were actually scheduled to play Gonzaga before conference play this year. We were going to get a Baylor-Gonzaga one-versus-two game, but they had a COVID outbreak, so they didn't play the game. So it's a... It would have been nice to get to see those two teams play, but it is what it is. And then the other, that's the reason I told you already, I got Loyola Chicago. Right. I had Loyola Chicago beating Illinois. It was just clear to me, defense wins championships. You've got the best defense team in college basketball. And then in that bracket now, it looks like West Virginia lost to Syracuse. Okay. Rutgers almost took down Houston, which would have really opened it up for them. But they didn't. And then Oregon State took down Oklahoma State. So Loyola Chicago, their path to a Final Four now is a 12 seed, which, again, a Pac-12 team, so probably should be a 5 seed. But you've got a 12 seed, and then assuming Houston beats Syracuse, which I think they will, you got Houston, who's a really good team in Houston, uh, with Dev, Devon Durow, and so that's a good team. And uh, Ralph Sampson, no, not Ralph Sampson, Kelvin Sampson. <laughs> Ralph played there. Um, so you've got Loyola Chicago, I think, that, you know, you've got Lucas Williamson, you've got Cameron Crutwig. That's a good team, a really really balanced team a veteran team a team that's been there they remember they went to the final four they were cinderella in 2019 and this team is i mean this loyal chicago team would beat that loyal chicago team by 15 points so i think loyal chicago could compete for a national championship but and then i got i do have baylor beating loyal chicago and it's more of just a i think destiny is gonna get us that gonzaga baylor matchup that we were supposed to get so that's what I got. I'm smoking all my friends, you know, they are the just for fun brackets because we're not allowed to play for anything else. But right, all right. Well, I Cedric, it. I uh, I appreciate you calling into the show, talking Celtics, talking March Madness. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, good luck. All right, Harry. Uh, we'll call back next week. Maybe I'll have another rant for you. All right. All right. Appreciate it, bud. All right, Harry. I'll see you later. See ya. 
All right, so there's uh, Seth from Andover for you. Actually, a student here at Merrimack as well. Uh, let me pause real quick for station identification and ads, and we'll be right back on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. There are over 40 million family caregivers in the U.S., and if you are currently uh, caring for an older loved one, navigating coronavirus can be intimidating. AARP can help with tips on how to create a plan and how to prepare to care for someone who is at risk. You can pull together a team, think about who in your network can uh, help with key caregiving tasks, inventory essential items if possible, make sure your loved one has at least two, a two-week supply of food and medication. Create a plan to stay connected with your loved one. Letters, video chat, and phone calls are great. Remember to maintain your personal safety and self-care. Follow CDC guidelines and only go out for essential supplies. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving for more information about caregiving and coronavirus to access free care guides. That's aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by the AARP and the Ad Council. All right, and welcome back here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. If you'd like to call in, 978-701-5063. You can call in with a hot take. I have about 30 minutes left here on the show. Uh, had a couple uh, had a couple hot takes there from uh, John from Butter Bing and Cedric from Andover. Let's see what type of a hot take Ray from Methuen has today. Ray, what's going on? Well, how are we doing, Harrison? Doing good. It's kind of uh, tough to uh, follow uh, Cedric, but uh, he had some uh, really great points right now. I'm uh, living near the top of my brackets, so I'm uh, extremely pleased with the with the way things are going. Uh, and that's enough said because I don't want to jinx myself. All right. Now, uh, as far as the Pats, it's, it's great to see. Belichick and uh, Kraft finally spending some money. You know, I guess the old uh, the old ways they found out are probably not going to be the best ways in this uh, modern NFL. So it's good that they're uh, that they're uh, spending that money. It's nice to see some of the uh, veterans that they had who left the team coming up, coming back. Like Brown, he's going to be a huge. <laughs> And I guess that's a uh, an understatement, uh, saying huge uh, addition to that uh, front line. And I think one of the one of the key signs that they they made is uh, Dave Andrews. Andrews has been a steady performer for for the Patriots for for years and years and, and years. So it, it's. Uh, it's going to be very interesting that the two, uh, def- uh, not defensive, but the tight ends. It's finally going to uh, bring some life into that uh, offense uh, where they'll be able to uh, to get those uh, uh, ends finally involved in the uh, in the offense. Uh, 
They need somebody who can stretch the field, however. So I think they're going to be going for a a, a, a wide out who really can stretch the field. I, I don't know about what the, uh, their existing receiving core is going to look like. It seems that some of them may be gone. Everybody's talking about Edelman. He may or may not be be part of the uh, overall equation. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not part of the overall equation because he's been injured uh, so much. But uh, we'll see what happens in the draft and see what a lot of people are still saying that he may he may move up in the draft. I don't know. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what uh, what's going to happen. So uh, as we say, things things are changing. Things are going to be be fine. A good friend of ours, uh, you know, it, switching gears, he says the Red Sox are going to uh, surprise a lot of people this year. I'm still not satisfied with the pitching staff. They have have. Uh, a number of question marks there. Their uh, number three uh, kid, uh, he got lit up on Saturday, I believe it is. But I just want to pass something by you. Now, down at the uh, AAA level, they're going to be experimenting with a, with bigger bags. Uh, one of the biggest concerns was that, that slide and pop into uh, second base on, on uh, primarily on base stealing. They're going for a 15-inch uh, base to 18 inches. So each side will be 18 inches as opposed to uh, 15 inches. And it will be a little more flexible. So they're saying that this will allow the base runner to uh, grab onto that bag and hold onto the bag when, uh, when they're stealing second base. It also will help with the phantom, the phantom tag on double plays. Uh, so it's it's going to be really interesting to see just what is going to happen with with base running and how this will change the uh, the game as far as uh, baseball is concerned. And uh, again, you know, I guess the uh, the they have enough pop. In their bats, but it's going to be. I still have to see what uh, what's going to happen with the Red Sox. They're opening up uh, what a week from yeah from Wednesday, I think it is a week from Thursday. Yeah, April first. Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> That's going to be uh, quite interesting. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. As far as the Celtics are concerned, you know, I'm not too happy with this fi- uh, five hundred. Yeah, so far, it seems that they don't have an ident- identity right now. It seems that they're still searching. And, and if they get into the playoffs, depending on who that first round is, I think they're going to have a very difficult time. I don't think they'll progress beyond, uh, beyond the second round. Uh, Ainge has to do something. Ainge, whether it's a big man up up front uh, in a trade or what, but I don't want to see him deal any of the 
any of the chips that he has, some of the, the better chips that he has. So those are my opinions on on those uh, the major sports teams. All right. Anything else? No, and, uh, you know, the Bruins right now, they're, uh, they're in that uh, COVID uh, protocol. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the game, what is it, tomorrow has been canceled. And... Uh, yeah, they have a game uh, Thursday against the Islanders. Oh, it's Thursday. Okay, that hasn't been canceled though. Right. As so, of as you know, as of right now. As of right now, right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, as far as that that's concerned. Uh, and you know, congratulations. Well, I guess congratulations are in store because Merrimack uh, Spring Sports is in full bloom right now. I wish that. Uh, some of the uh, the teams would uh, would have better records. Uh, I know I've been following the baseball team, and what happened this past weekend was an embarrassment as far as that's concerned. But uh, you know, I don't know if, if it's pitch well. I guess it's a combination of both pitching and uh, hitting, where they only scored one one run, and. What was it? Ten nothing, fourteen nothing. That they they uh, uh, fourteen to one. That they they got hammered. Yeah, so, it was ten nothing, fourteen one, and I think maybe eighteen, eighteen nothing. All I, right. Okay. I don't know. Gonna, it's it was it know, came it, you know it came out to be uh you know forty two to one. That was the overall yeah, score. And that is yeah that is forty two to one. But, so uh, it it seems that there the softball team has some life to it. Uh, and uh, I know that uh, tennis tennis came away with a with a nice victory over Fairfield. So some of these uh, some of these teams they, they're going to be uh, proceeding. And of course, uh, two soccer teams are playing. I I believe this afternoon as we as we speak. So, but the important thing is, and we've had some real nice weather here in March. The real nice thing is that college sports and even high school sports now, they're uh, they're fi- finally out there. They're playing the games, and uh, that that's so mu- so important not only to the athletes but also to the people around who follow them. So that's what we have for you today, Harrison. All right, thanks, Ray, for calling in. Okay, and we'll see you later on. All right, so there you have uh, Ray from Methuen there. Uh, with with some uh, few takes, and just as he's you know talking about uh, the high school sports and the uh, you know college sports uh, around here uh, in the Merrimack Valley and all in Massachusetts, uh, today is actually the first day that uh, fans are allowed back at sports uh, venues. So a big day uh, for Massachusetts, and of course you know something that you know stinks is uh, you know as this whole thing opened up. The, uh, you know, the Bruins got shut down due to COVID. But, you know, there's this, you know, we'll have uh, we'll have more Bruins games, Celtics games, uh, Red Sox games, and then Patriots games to come. Uh, so it should be interesting. And, you know, now, of course, you can you can go watch, um, you know, college sports and high school sports, which is nice. And, you know, if you ask me, the spring sports, uh, you know, they're outside. I, you know, I always thought uh, outside is 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 the safest place to be uh, during this pandemic. And, you know, I, to me, there, sh- there should have never been a restriction on fans going to these games because, um, 
you know, it doesn't, I, I don't think, you know, whatever, you social distance, there's plenty of space, you know, you have these big, big football arenas, you know, there's, there's nothing that you're gonna, uh, you know, contract, you know, I, you know, I think you're fine. No, but, you know, don't listen to me. I'm not a doctor. Uh, anyways, you know, touching on touching on the Patriots real quick, you know, real good, real good job, uh, you know, last week picking up picking up lots of players. So it makes for um, it makes for an exciting year. And, you know, one thing, you know, I'd like to think about is, you know, do any of you think that this that, you know, Bill Belichick is going all out? Uh going all out this year because this may be his last year. Uh, you know, he always said he didn't want to, you know, be coaching into his 70s. And, you know, I'll check right now. I think he's... Um, I think he's like 68. Uh, yeah, he is 68. And he'll be 69 on April 16th. So, you know, his, his birthday's coming up and... If he doesn't want to be coaching into the into his seventies, well, you'd be thinking that this this is the end for him. So you know we'll see what happens as far as that is concerned. But just something to think about. You know we've never seen Bill Belichick go off like this. Um, you know in the off season and spend so much money in the off season, um, like he has, like he like he did last week, like he did last week. Um, you know I thought, you know two. Two weeks ago, this Friday, uh, they they signed Cam Newton again, um, and that was definitely, you know, I guess I'm gonna say degrading. I thought they weren't gonna, it wasn't gonna be the uh, off season of of trades and people that we needed to get, um, just because we were re-signing Cam Newton. It was kind of like, okay, you know, we'll uh, we'll stick with Cam and and we'll see we'll see where things go. Um, Another thing just to bring up that I forgot to mention is Nick Folk, um, our kicker. Uh, he he is also returning. They signed him to another year, which I think is a good move. He was, you know, he's not, you know, it's tough to compare, um, compare, compare kickers here. We've always had, or we've always had, ha- have had uh, great kickers, you know, from Adam Veritari to then Goskowski. Um, and now Folk, he's kind of, you know, he's a veteran, but... Um, you know he's he's right there. He's he's staying strong. So you know we'll see what happens as far as that is concerned. But um, you know I'm definitely happy with that with that signing of of Nick Folk to return because you know I did think he did uh, you know a decent job uh, last year, and I, I didn't see any reason why why not to bring him back. I mean if anything I would bring him back more than I'd bring Cam Newton back, uh, and we brought both back. So hey is what it is and. Uh, We'll see what happens. You know, I think I think we have to hope that they're gonna um, make a move. Uh, you know, for uh, another quarterback. Uh, you know, either now before the draft or you know in the draft. Um, but you know, it, it it should be interesting to see what the Patriots do because um, you know, do I think they're you know. They're good enough with the trades they've made and the and the signage that they've made. No, I don't. You know, I think they still I think they still have to do something. Um, because, you know, they're just I, I, I'm not I'm not satisfied with the Patriots. Uh, you know, as of where where they are at right now. Uh, you know, as far as having Cam Newton behind the gun, uh, behind the gun for them. 
So hopefully they they you know draft draft another quarterback or they find another quarterback somehow. This you know this Deshaun Watson news going on going on around the league is is big. It's you know it's updating as we speak. Um, you know so I don't know Houston. You know Houston started with the uh, no we're not we're not getting rid of him, and you know I think. I think all these teams, Houston and the six teams that are interested in Deshaun Watson, are now just kind of all playing it out uh, to see what happens because you know the league is now involved in the investigation, and so if if something comes up, you know the league can very well suspend him for a year, you know maybe more, who knows? Um, so that's something that that will be taken into consideration. Um, for Houston and for the other uh, six teams uh, who might be thinking of of trading for him or signing him, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, some different scenarios. If 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 this blanks if this blanks out with Deshaun Watson and he goes somewhere, well, that might open up the door for something else. And you know what's coming next? If he goes to San Fran, that might open up the door for Jimmy G and Jimmy G coming to New England. But you know that's just me. That's just me speaking. I've always, um, I've always thought Jimmy G was probably one of the best answers uh, here in New England because uh, he already knows the offense. And you know, I guess we'll have a, a bit of an advantage with Cam Newton uh, having, you know, having to know um, the offense by now. So you know, we'll um, we'll definitely see what happens as far as that is concerned. Um, just moving on, moving on, touching on the Bruins real quick. Uh, they're in fourth place right now in the East Division, sitting at 28 and 16. Um, and then the Penguins are there in third. Uh, Islanders are in second, and Capitals uh, are in first. So that's the first and second place. Um, well, I, I don't know. It, they're at reach. They're at reach. They're definitely at reach. It's just. Uh, now you know missing two games due to COVID, uh, that obviously I guess I I'd say sets them back, and so we'll see what happens. You know multiple players g- did get put into um, to COVID protocol on the Bruins, so we'll see what happens. Is you know as far as that is um, concerned, and you know hitting on the um, hitting on these Red Sox, um, they won today against the Rays ten to four. They'll play tomorrow against the Braves. They'll have the Orioles on Wednesday, um, Thursday against the Twins, Rays on uh, Friday, Pirates on Saturday, Twins again on Sunday, Braves again on Monday and Tuesday, and then um, they'll take a day off and they'll travel here to Boston where where they're going to take on uh, the Orioles and open up um, their 2021 season uh, for a three-game homestand against the Orioles. And then they're going to welcome in uh, the Rays for another three-game homestand. Uh, but then go out; uh, they'll go out to the Orioles. So it, it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting year. I think a lot of you know something that a lot of people have touched on here on the show is, uh, you know, the, you know the Red Sox they're they're doing good. Um, you know, right now uh, they have the they're doing good offensive wise, but. You know, you have to get the pitching going. You have to get the pitching going. So, if they can't, if they can't figure out the pitching, I, I don't know what good uh, this all might be because, 
you know, the pitching, uh, pitching is key. Pitching is key. So we'll see what happens, um, you know, with, with the Sox. Hopefully, hopefully they do better than, uh, than last year. That's for sure. Uh, and Celtics, you know, just hitting on them. Hopefully they can, um, you know, I'd like to say turn things around. Like I said, they're at, they're sitting here at 500. Um, and these, I'm telling you, these next, not tonight's game so much against the Grizzlies, but uh, Wednesday's and Friday, Wednesday, Wednesday's game against the Bucks and Friday's game against the Bucks. Those are two big games. Um, you know, that can switch things differently. Uh, you know, in the in the conference, but they have. I'm telling you, they have a busy schedule coming up, and and I don't know. I'd say they they have to buckle down because uh, you know, uh, you know, they just have to buckle down and, and figure things out because if they don't, uh, they might not make the playoffs. They might not, or you know, they might make the playoffs. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um. But you know, I'll have to say, you know, Friday night, uh, you know, I, I watched the game and and you know, Peyton Pritchard, he really went off. So, uh, you know, he could be a player that you know has a lot of um, you know a lot of potential coming up um, or coming into it rather. Um, so you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, something that was interesting that happened, I think, today or, or yesterday or at least recently was uh, Robert Kraft did make uh, some comments on um, on Bill Belichick and, and this year's, um, you know, how big the how big the um, the salary was and, uh, you know, how much we were able to spend. Uh, so I thought that was interesting to hear what. Um, you know what what he had to say as as uh, as far as that is uh, concerned. So we'll see what happens, and just you know the last thing we'll touch on um, touch on the Sweet Sixteen or yeah I guess you know Sweet Sixteen, Michigan and LSU that's going to be an interesting one because you know Michigan's without one of their top guys so that might turn to LSU who knows. Uh, then you got Colorado and Florida State. It's going to be another good game. So we'll see what happens. Let's go to Bill in the car. Bill, what's going on? Harrison, join the show. Thanks. Uh, yeah, a couple couple things on the Pats. Um, Belichick paying, paying those free agents very unlike him, which makes the draft more exciting this year because in typical Belichick fashion, he usually trades out of the spot that he's in for a second or a third rounder. Um, and just seeing what he's been doing, it's. I, I'm hoping that he might trade up and get one of these quarterbacks. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, you know, and, and see what he does. I just don't, um, you know, here's the thing. We, we take on one of these quarterbacks, and we don't necessarily – you know they're not ready to go. It's different than you know getting somebody in. You know if if we get if we get if we pick somebody a quarterback out of the draft, you know that's a long term development. That's somebody that has to learn the Patriots way and and the way they do things. And quite certainly, I just don't think that that's what Bill Belichick is going for. I think Bill Belichick is going for now, and I I don't think he has many years left in him. You know I think if he 
if he were to go and, and win the Super Bowl this year, I think he might retire. I think he's, you know, he's, he's you know, I said this earlier. He said he didn't want to go coaching into his 70s, uh, and it's knocking on the doorstep. He turned 69 on April 16th, and, you know, that, you know, it's, I think it's going to, you know, if he were to win a Super Bowl this year or next year, that's it. He's not going to come back. Yeah, I think I think his views might have changed over the years because he has his two sons on the staff now, and I think that's kind of re-energized him a little bit. Um, and plus, he's got this new challenge ahead of him with Brady having so much success in Tampa. I do think he, he does have uh, something to prove to to everybody that you know it wasn't just all Tom Brady over the last 20 years and I think he he does want to he does have something to prove anyways and I think you know I think the the re-signing of Cam um maybe opens the door to for him to bring in somebody young uh, you know like a like a kid like the, the Mac Jones kid out of uh, out of Alabama um or, or somebody like that yeah, or or either um, the the Ohio State quarterback too. Yeah, Fields. Yeah, Fields. You know, he he would be a good one too. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm 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 very um, very interested to see what Belichick is going to do in in this year's draft because, like I said, he's always it's been so boring. You know, he trades trades the pick for two other picks, and he might just you know go for you know, an offensive lineman or whatever. So I think I think he's going to surprise us like he has in free agency. I hope That's so. That's all I got, Harrison. I hope so. Thanks for calling in, Bill. Okay. All right, so there's uh, Bill in the car for you. Um, with, you know, definitely some, some interesting takes there. And, you know, we'll see what happens with, with the Patriots. Um I like the take he had. The, the Patriots might might be making some moves in the draft. Something, something we've never seen before. Something we've never seen done before from the Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick and and Robert Kraft. So that's uh, that's going to be a wrap for me here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. Uh, gonna have gonna have some college basketball games coming up. Some interesting stuff. Uh, Sweet Sixteens this week. So. Um, I think it's Friday uh, they start, so there'll be some, uh, some definitely some good games this weekend coming up, and and we'll uh, we'll rehash it on Monday, uh, you know, and talk about talk about the Sweet Sixteen and go into the um, go into the eight, and then uh, cut, you know cutting that down in half, and then also the Celtics. Hopefully, hopefully they're not at 500 when we talk again next week and they have some t- uh, two good games against the Bucs uh, and can can win at least one of those. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that a lot. So, anyways, uh, thank you for listening, everyone, uh, and calling in if you called in. Uh, and if you didn't call in, I'll, I encourage you to call in uh, next time because I always enjoy having callers and, and hearing what... Uh, your takes are uh, on what's going on uh, in the sports world today. So anyways, we'll talk to you next week uh, here on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase. Enjoy the nice weather, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, Mondays at 5, only on WMCK, the sound of Merrimack.